Huskies, right now, do you hear that? <laughs> no excuses. No excuses. You have to actually play people outside of Seattle this year. You are not allowed to just go into your little doghouse and hide. <laughs> okay. Quack. I, yeah, I think it's the right. <laughs> I, think it's- I went there, but that was just on my own. I just hitchhiked up there. Or, you know, somehow got there. I can't remember. Shocker. Here's- it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. Without a strong rhyme to step to. Think of how many weeks shows you slept through. Time's up. I'm sorry I kept you. Of this, you keep repeating your mess. The rhyme from the microphone solo with. So you sit by the radio and on the dial soon as you hear it. Pump up the volume. Welcome to the Flock Pod. Hashtag 079 here in the beautiful condo. I am here hanging out with my man Shane. Shane, how you doing? Doing good, man. A little muggy today. A little sweaty. A little Dude, swampy. A little smoky. Yeah. Like it, it's definitely, it's definitely very, very weird outside. Very weird outside. All right. You can please find us all over the place on your social media platforms at the Flock Pod. You can also find us on all of your podcast streaming platforms. And if you would be so kind, please give us the five star ratings. Give us the little star that subscribes so you get all of our latest podcasts when they pop up. Because there's going to be a lot more of them coming. So you better get ready because. Hold your hat. Football is coming. <laughs> Are you ready? Quack, quack. Um, it's going to get weird today, Shane. It's going to get weird today. It's going to get really weird. Um, so we are back here in the beautiful condo with you. The Avatario producers are hanging out, getting some beautiful rest. You can find me at Coach Justin D on all of those same beautiful, (laughs) can't talk, beautiful, uh, social media platforms. Shane! Tell them where you are. You can find me at bartender Shane six on the Twitter and on the Instagrams. Walk a flock of Shane six as well. I'm leaving it all in. We're a little rusty. A little rusty. On. I'm a little rusty. Leaving it all in. I've been working on a roof, Shane. It's weird. Yeah, we were talking about it a little bit, you know, before the podcast got started. But I feel like my equilibrium's all off. A little wonky over here. I have. I have no experience from from what I've heard. Roofing is uh, not for the weak minded nor weak bodied. It's not great, Shane. Yeah, it's I can not see great. That. It's a good learning experience, but I'm just gonna sit here over here and just keep drinking my coffee. I'm gonna go way over the top with the energy today, just to try to uh, overcompensate good, for good. overdosing on caffeine. I like exactly. To hear it. Exactly. I could not do any roofing. I am way too afraid of heights. See, now I'm not afraid of heights per se, but. If I like look up at something really tall, I start to get like vertigo. Kind of like, is that what that is? Is that what that's bit, called? Yeah. Or like when I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Now we see we're gonna go. We're already off the rails. We're back here in the lab. We gotta focus, Shane. We gotta focus. <laughs> Two big time recruits coming in. One for the women. One for the men. We also are going to jump into NBA summer league. Tell you all about how your favorite products are doing down there in Vegas. And is, is Orlando still going? Is that still a thing too? Orlando summer league. Uh, it was just this year. It was in Los Angeles, Utah, and Las Vegas. Okay. Okay. They did like the. Los Angeles Classic or whatever, and they did the Utah thing where Utah played against each other, and then there was two more games. It so was just many, many things, but then the mm-hmm. predominant amount of games were in Vegas. Because yep. it used to just be Vegas, 
and sometimes L.A. and then Orlando. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? No, yeah, Orlando used to have some really. That's what shirt. I thought. Okay. They, I think that they're going to have it just be a hub in Vegas for the near. Well, place. because they know how much money they could make from it becoming what it is, and it just I mean? makes so much sense. Well, yeah, and for COVID stuff, just to keep yeah. everybody in the same area, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. So anyway, we'll definitely talk about that. We're also going to talk about that weird oblong ball there in Quack or not to Quack, so make sure to stick around for that. And speaking of football, make sure to check out westcoastcfb.com for all of your West Coast college football needs. That is, of course, a partner of ours. Make sure to join their group, create a profile for yourself, join the group, join the discussion, hey, jump see, on uh, in. Do you see one of their latest articles, the top 10 quarterbacks of the uh I have PCSR? not. I you sent it to me. You you were yeah, I you sent it to me. I don't remember looking at it, it's but it's list. been a while. Is the, it a good list? The the Jeremiah Masoli ranking I know has been he one who of shall most not be con- named controversial and I I think he's a pretty appropriately ranked in this this Man. article. Masoli had a bad rap. I'm telling you right now. Masoli got a bad rap in that whole situation. It was, and it's always crazy. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. <laughs> Just when you saying. go back and you look at a list like that, though, it's like, damn, we've had some dudes in Eugene yeah, dude, for the Q- last couple QBU. decades. QBU, yeah. legitimately. It's crazy. Wasn't there... The last few weeks have been such a blur, but I feel like I saw something on Twitter a little while ago saying like the amount of um, pro NFL players that have come out of each university for each position. And I mm-hmm. feel like the Ducks had like 12 quarterbacks or something yeah, like that. None that of them played successful, in the NFL. but yeah. None of them all that successful. No, well, unfortunately, not recently for sure, yeah. but a lot of dudes out there playing. That is for sure. So we will definitely get to that oblong. And we've got a lot more football content for Like I said, Football is coming. <laughs> quack quack. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be that really weird. Yeah, I'm just yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't know do what to do. I'm just that. gonna keep doing that every once in a while. Now I think we have a new bit. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, ladies I and gentlemen. It. I hate it. So let's jump right in here to recruiting. Let's just jump in here to some basketball stuff here, Shane. I watched about 20 minutes of Kalel Ware tape today, and I have to say I like what I saw. Again, mm-hmm. it's it's all just YouTube scouting. Uh, kid can really shoot it. Uh, seven foot one, two hundred twenty foot center, I believe, out of what's it, North Little Rock High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, played for the Under Armour program uh, for AAU. Again, he's he needs a couple sandwiches. You know what I mean? He he's definitely there's a lot to fill out there on that frame, which is great to see. He's more polished than a guy like Infali Dante, for sure, when it comes to his offensive skill set. But what what are the things that you saw that you really liked, and what are some things that you saw you didn't like? Well, my first note kind of goes along with what you just said um, with his sleight of stature. But I think that he kind of fits the mold for this like prototypical NBA 4 or 5. I mean, Absolutely. He reminded me a lot of Evan Mobley in watching the tape and some okay. of Evan Mobley's high school stuff. Where, okay, yeah. You know, can play a lot smaller than he is, but then also doesn't, you know, when you watch some of these big guys that are, you know, 6'10 plus and they never go inside, it's mm-hmm. a little frustrating. Like Nathan Biddle. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, I, even Chet Holmgren. I'm excited to watch Biddle play because he's just a different kind of player. Mm-hmm. And so is Chet. So that, that's that's where it's good to differentiate between them. And you see 6'10 plus and guy that can shoot and you're like, oh, like, whatever, probably never goes inside. No, from what I saw, Ware actually likes to go inside. He's got good footwork, seems to have pretty good IQ and awareness when it comes to his paint presence and kind of um, court presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him make a couple of nice passes, kickouts to teammates, even a nice skip pass to a wide-open shooter. Uh, so there was definitely some... 
there was some uh, his game was more complex mm-hmm. than I imagined it to be. Yeah, he's he's very well rounded, especially offensively. Um, the only thing I don't really like from him offensively was his shot creation from the block. Some of those I felt like he could have, with a little bit more patience, could have gotten a much easier look going mm-hmm. to like two or three moves rather than your. He's go-to a one or move or two move guy, yeah. And I, I know that that's probably one of the biggest transitions when you go a level up in, in competitive basketball. Some of those shots and his highlight tapes that are falling. Um, I don't know if he's really getting that shot off at this next level, but that's he does that have they're... a slow shot. I just I really liked his touch around the rim, though. I mean, a lot of those putbacks mm-hmm. where he's off balance, where he's really fighting for rebounds, and I did like his second jump ability. He definitely got back off the ground quick. I wasn't a huge fan of him getting there late for the first jump, often even on those highlight tapes. But again, having that second jump ability is special. Uh, kind of remind this is this is blasphemous, and I. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? He played for Cincinnati. Uh, um, James White? No, Martin. Kenyon uh, uh, Martin? Kenyon Martin. Kind of reminded me of a thinner, skinny Kenyon Martin with the way he can shoot it. Not obviously the toughness, but just that mm-hmm. rebounded it well, was around the rim a lot. Kenyon Martin was a dog. And he was definitely a, men- uh, a little bit yeah. shorter than... Uh, well, he was 6'8", yeah, 6'9", six, six, yeah. I think. But just... That type of ability and touch around the rim, I guess, is one thing that mm-hmm. I think mean, you could always jump out of the rim too, but it was just one thing that reminded me of him. So, well, another thing I really liked from him is his uh, savvy in transition okay. for a big man. Somebody can get up in front and loves to get put himself in positions to get dunks, or at least where he can get to the front of the rim. Too. Yes. You see him get out in transition, not settle around the three point line, which is big. Uh, I do think something that kind of jumps off the tape, especially in somebody's highlight tapes, is when you see kind of poor body language it looked a little bit like sometimes he i don't know didn't seem all the way engaged and it's tough to say especially when you're watching these like aau games when it could be like the fourth day of the game and they're up by 45 and he's like but you want me to stay locked in but he's a big man you know a big man at that age that's one thing that definitely is it's a real thing you Mm -hmm. know being some guys some big guys have that kind of energy level and some big guys don't and at ranked 15th natural uh, nationally and third overall for his position, he's actually coming in at the sixth highest ranked commit in Oregon history. Well, and that 22 class is really shaping up to be special. Mm-hmm. You know, with Dior Johnson now and and where this could be a lot of fun. You Can know, you let's name see who else. The five players ranked ahead of him. Oh, Malik Hairston. One. Yep. He was uh, seventh. Biddle. Nope. Oh. There is another player in the 2022 class. Dior Johnson. Yep. I just said his name. Um, There's another player who's going to be on this team next year that you mentioned prior. Oh, and Folly Dante. Yep. You're giving me a little too many hints. I feel feel guilty. Oh no, this is this is a hard. Um, I, I totally put him on the spot. Is Aaron Brooks on that list? No. Oh, he wasn't that highly rated. Uh, I'll give you the uh, the last two players were both one and dones. One and dones. Mm-hmm. One recently and one fairly recently. Wow, just happened. You, it's the funny thing is you you know this. I know I know it, and I that's know. why I'm like trying. It's just I'm I put you on the up. spot, so it's really hard. I'm not giving up. All right, just tell me. Uh, Troy Brown. Okay. And Bobo. Bobo. Yeah, I knew I should have known Bobo. Yeah. And I should have known Troy Brown because I was actually just thinking about how he might be able to get some playing time in Chicago. That's actually I don't I like that fit for him. Mm-hmm. I might actually be able bet to win it all. <clears throat> wow. Okay, hold on. Fifteen fifty-two. Explosive. 
Okay. I bet the the wow. Bulls, the Clippers, and the Heat win it all. Wow. Bulls are eighty to one. Q Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> it's a hot take. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but it that they need one more piece, I think, to really make that happen. But we're gonna get off. Let's go ahead and jump on over. So let's wrap this up first. My one real big concern with where you say, you know, body language, that kind of stuff. I worry about his defensive positioning mm-hmm. because there were a couple of times that looked like where they were just playing zone around him. And that's a pretty consistent thing with a big man like that in the mm-hmm. AAU circuit and in the high school game. So I, I hope that he can transition and he has the, the I hope that IQ that he's displayed on the offensive side of the ball translates to that defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And again, those AAU tapes are so hard to understand. It's hard. I did find one full game, so I watched a little bit of that. And those that's nice because you get to see some continuous back and forth. Mm-hmm. And you still are only watching what they let you watch. And it was from like weird, like end of the court angle and choppy. Yeah, those, and it was those high school. You know the game. You know one of the things I'm talking about. The team yeah. in the black jerseys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did like in that video getting to see some of him working without the ball. You did see some of like how they get him the ball, and I do like his positioning and where he puts himself on the court. But he doesn't – nothing that I saw screams like high motor. And, yeah, that's something like you mentioned that there could be a lot of different factors for that. So we'll see what happens. Now, over on the women's side, point guard 2022 class out of Lakota West High School – Chance Gray, this girl can shoot. Mm-hmm. She, she she can shoot. She can score the rock. Like like Shane, she's a shooter. Mm-hmm. It's, this is gonna be fun. I'm really like I was really really impressed. Like you said, there's not much available for her on YouTube or anything like that. You found some on her. I Twitter found a little bit more on Twitter, just in. searching kind of her name around, and you mm-hmm. get a little bit more of the uh, the AAU circuit stuff. But once again, I mean we've we've really beat this point to to death, but. Women's basketball so under underrepresented in all like facets of. If society. you want to make a lot of money, start a women's sports platform. I actually know somebody who is. Yeah, like that's that's such a smart smart idea right now to really get in on the ground floor of something that's about to absolutely explode with some of the superstar athletes that are out there mm-hmm. right now. But so getting back to getting Chance, back to Chance, uh, <laughs> she's a five-star point guard, class twenty-two, as Justin just said. She's the number two ranked point guard and the number seventh ranked overall player in the country. She's coming out of Lakota West High School in Hamilton, Ohio. Um, she is the second highest recruited player, ranked recruited player in history. Can you name who she's ranked behind? Sabrina Unescu. You got it. The mother of Ducklands uh-huh. herself. Um, I miss the mother of Ducklands. She. This is watching the what I did get to see of her. It you can tell it's you're watching somebody who has modeled their game after Sabrina Ionescu, who has looked up to Sabrina Ionescu for some years now and very much followed the way that she's played basketball because it is it's almost scary down to like the things that she wears, like the knee pads and just the way she handles the rock, the way she pushes it up and then does the quick behind the backstop on a dime dribble. Like a lot of it is very Ionescu. Based UNESCO esque, UNESCO esque. I like it. Um, which is interesting because we saw that weird YouTube video from four years ago or five years ago when she was at an Ohio camp, and she did not list the Oregon Ducks as one of her top three schools. So uh, again, 
a lot of things change in those four years, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that was a very weird YouTube video. I don't even like that you showed me that. I'm going to have a hard time <laughs> forgetting it. Um, so Gray is a 5'9 point guard, so a little bit shorter than UNESCO. That her, her last season that she played basketball, her junior year, she's going into her senior year right now, yes. mm-hmm. she averaged 35, 7-4 and four with three steals a game. Can you say that one more time for the people in the back, Shane? 35, 7, and 4 with three steals in high school. She's demolishing Ohio girls basketball. And I guess she's chasing her big sister's records, which is yeah. what really got her motivated. Al- Alicia Gray or something uh, like that. Big sister was a hooper, played college ball, played pro ball. Dad was a professional football player. Yeah, for, so was... some po- pro pedigree. Uh, yeah, Carlton Gray was a cornerback who played at UCLA. Um, also played eight years in the NFL, including a little stint with your Seattle Seahawks. Hey-o. So familiar with the Pacific Northwest. And in that, uh, Chance Gray chose Oregon over the who's who of women's college basketball. UCLA, Arizona, Louisville, Maryland, Mississippi State, North Carolina, and Ohio State. So, I mean, everybody Which is interesting because Ohio State and North Carolina were on her original top Mm -hmm. three list. So that's pretty incredible for the Ducks to crack in there. I'm sure Dad's alma mater, UCLA, was, uh, was making a, a front big runner. last minute push. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that blue brew, and you can only uh, imagine. All right, so we are definitely excited to welcome these two onto campus for the 2022 season. Again, never know what can happen, but always love to have those commitments. Mm-hmm. All right, should we jump over to summer league? Let's do it. I wish I was at summer league. I, you know, I was I was talking about this with my wife the other day. Cause she was kind of like, oh, like where is this? What is this? Kind of asking me about it. And I Let's was like, go next year. I, I kind of, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I just, COVID, who the fuck knows? Well, you know? okay. All right, all right. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I love trying to plan for stuff, but I hear so many people being like, oh, I'm going to this show, and like this bar is doing this. And I'm just like, yeah, maybe. Like, sure. It's kind of <laughs> hard not to. Like, <laughs> you think you are. Yeah, I, I'm just trying not to to be overly optimistic with planning for things like I was with, you know, like my wedding and <laughs> life in yeah. general. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, getting back to summer league. Uh, so we got three products who made rosters that we were really excited to see play and have yet to get out on the court and Shakur, Shakur in for Orlando, Anthony Mathis, San Antonio and Joe Young for Washington. But also really cool to see those guys sign for deals. Even get yeah, even to be able to get the invite to Summer League is a big deal for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we got Kenny Wooten up there in Minnesota, who's doing Kenny Wooten things: ten minutes, four rebounds, a block, assist, uh, some turnovers. It's it's not looking like he's making the uh, the big jumps that we kind of hoped he would. Well, if he's doing Kenny Wooten things, he's probably going to leave Minnesota pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, and then, he is in Vegas right now. Yeah, I know. That's scary. And then the uh, little bit better version of Kenny Wooten and Jordan Bell, who's kind of taking a little bit of a left turn and playing with the Atlanta Hawks this summer. Um, I mean, was in the NBA last year. Yes. Uh, did play on that Eugene All-Star team against the uh, uh, Always Us team, the, the the basketball tournament. Did you get to watch any of that? I didn't get to watch them play at all. Marty no, I was kind of bummed. is out of shape. <laughs> it is incredible. Like he was starting, and I was like, "Dude, who is that guy?" And I was like, "That's fucking Marty Lunin." Like, 
Uh, he looks well, like a hopefully real they know tall now. plumber. Now they can bring it back next year. You know, they can actually put something together. Yeah, they, so. they set a good uh, foundation to move forward. But uh, Jordan Bell's averaging about 15 points or minutes a game, three points, shooting high percentage, 75%, getting some rebounds, getting some blocks, getting some steals. So he's kind of flatlining as far as his uh, production levels have gone. But, I mean, he's also a serviceable guy in the NBA whose position just kind of happens to be evaporating. You would hope he can find a spot, you know, to be that – last guy on a bench somewhere maybe going back and forth between the G League he's also a guy that if he really made the choice just to go overseas mm-hmm. I bet he could actually stick pretty well over there somewhere but that that's not a, a life commitment that everybody's willing to make also you know that's a massive change so I mean he's trying to hang on to his NBA dreams as long as you can and you can't fault him for yeah. that at all I mean so. if you want to chase like the overall dream you go for it. he's I on hope, the, the doorstep that's what I, I mean, mean. I, I really do hope he's able to catch on somewhere and and have you know an actual more than a 10 day this season mm-hmm. yeah now we're getting into the, the 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 players who I think that actually could make the NBA rosters this season. Okay, uh, okay. We're going to start with Paul White in Utah. So one of my former players sent me a text about Paul White. I was like, who? Who are you talking about? And I had to, he had to remind me, oh, the Doug. And I was like, okay, so you actually think he's going to make a roster? It, he, so he was by far the best player on the tournament, okay. uh, the basketball Where's, tournament Where Was he playing in the G League last year? Yes. Okay. And he's, he, like, he's basically like shirt up as a G League player again this year, but okay. I think he has like a uh, two way contract potential. And he was on that Always Us team? Yeah, and he was uh, by far the best player. Okay. I mean, All right. the, the game that they lost to uh, Autism Army, he okay. was keeping them in it. They were just struggling to shoot because apparently Tuan Porter just like. Lost all his oh, abilities. I'm that glad he I didn't had. watch now. I might cry. Oh, yeah. Casey like Benson was doing. Was he was playing well? Casey was doing Casey things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was out there just gym ratting people. No, no turnovers, but only like three or four assists. Mm-hmm. Like picking up full court, <laughs> smacking the no, court. No, Casey's stuff. watching Casey Benson and Marvin Bagley play for the same high school team in Arizona is still one of the my. I'll never forget mm-hmm. that. Like that's one of my favorite basketball memories. And I had completely forgotten that he had left Oregon and went to Grand Canyon. I yeah, just, that last I year as a senior graduate, completely yeah. went home for a year. Out. Didn't didn't want to land at you know Arizona State and things of that nature. So yeah, no, I'm g- good for him. Get out there balling. Anyway, okay, let's yeah, get back uh, into this. So Paul White, White is he's averaging about twelve and a half minutes a game, five points. He's shooting eighty percent from the field and sixty percent from three point on one and a half attempts. Good for you, Mister White. Yeah, I mean he has really figured out. Uh, a lot of scoring at the next level. You gotta find a niche, right? Yeah. yeah. Even he looks like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but so much more polished than a player who's in that position. It's it's weird. He looks like he's just straight out of college and like looking to make a roster. Right on. Right on. Okay. Really good to see. Uh, next up, we got Louis King over in Sacramento. Mr. Uh, King. He is on the King. 61st in scoring and second in steals. Right now in the summer league, so I mean he is definitely making some improvements. He's now landed in Sacramento. Not he's not in Detroit, which are basically like the same team, East and West Coast. I mean, but they can't cut you if your last name is the team's name, right? That's like Didn't being like, hey, my that. dad owns the company. Like my name is King, that, right? That Come went on, so far over my head. I didn't, <laughs> even, didn't even think about it right now. But I mean, he's shooting forty four percent from the field, forty six from three, uh, four and a half rebounds, three and a half assists. Like I said, three steals a game. So he's making the improvements that I think we wish we would have saw last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good for him. Uh, next up, we got Mr. LJ Figueroa. For Figueroa. The okay. All right. All right. Uh, kind of a surprise for me, honestly. So he's not going to be playing in the Dominican League? I don't know. I, he's playing 
31.8 minutes right now. Wow. For okay, Dallas. so getting a legit shot for their summer league squad. Yeah, All right, I mean, what are his numbers? Starting uh, minutes. Uh, seven points, shooting 54.5% from the field on 5.5 shots. He's only taken one three so far and missed it. Uh, 1.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, a steal, and a half a block. So, I mean, he's filling it up. Sean Marion. You know, that's we we kind of talked a little bit about him being like a Matrix esque player in the past, and so now to be playing for the Mavericks, that's really interesting. Yeah. That could be fun. The only thing that really jumps out to me uh, on the negative side is, I mean, that last like kind of half of the season at Oregon, he'd really become like the team's corner three point shooter, and the mm-hmm. fact that he hasn't even attempted one is probably more into what that team's game plan is for the summer. What his role is, and he's mm-hmm. probably being asked to do something very specific, for especially because he's not getting very many shots up at all. I mean, five shots in 31 minutes? Yeah, but I mean, he's, he's out there as an energy guy. Yep. I got to see a little bit of him play, and okay. he's definitely he's buzzing around and working harder than most, that's for good, sure. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, I, know my, I know my guy's coming up here soon. <laughs> Next up, we got Bowl Squared. Okay, Bowl Bowl. fourth on the list. Yes, it is the Bolasans continues he is i mean twitter's darling doing bull bull things (laughs) he's uh he's sixth in scoring so far in the summer at 23 and a half points 39 percent from the field which leads a little bit to be desired for his size but he is they've completely taken you know the shackles off and letting him do whatever well and speaking of big guys that don't want to do anything inside bull bull is a perimeter player Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's seven foot two it's just weird (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and he still doesn't do the things that I think he should do. He's the worst screen setter I've ever seen. Doesn't want to get hit. Yeah, he becomes like invisible. Yeah. Like Stick he, man. Yeah, he turns to like this the smallest angle possible. Yep. But I mean, he's shooting 12 free throws a game, so he's being aggressive. That's good. That, that That's a higher number than I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed like four or five. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's a good free, free throw shooter at 75%. Getting two blocks a game. Uh, seven rebounds, only one offensive. You'd like that number to be higher, but nobody plays hard in summer league, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the other thing you got to remember that the only guys that are really playing around and buzzing around and flying like that are like end of roster guys. And Bull Bull is pretty confident that he's at least headed to the G League. Yeah, yeah, I would say so too. Uh, third on the list, we got the Rook Chris Duarte. Okay, All the right. player that they cannot stop talking about how old he is. Yeah, everybody loves how old he is. <laughs> like he's the opposite of uh, Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum is apparently still nineteen. You're right. Yeah. Devin Booker, too. <laughs> yeah, still 18. Uh, so Duarte is 26th in Summer League in scoring. Wait, he's 26? No, I thought he was 24. <laughs> Shane, come on. Jamie 26th. Yes, okay, all right. Uh, 17 and a half points, shooting 44% from the field, 47% from three, which is up there, uh, a little bit higher than I would have thought. Uh, he's shooting eight and a half threes a game. He hasn't missed a free throw. Four turnovers, which is a lot. Four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists. Two steals and a block and a half. He's doing a little bit of everything. He's really become that Swiss Army knife there for that Pacers Summer League squad. Yeah, and if, if you watch uh, Pacers Summer League games, it's basically him and uh, Brissett, Amani um, Brissett, or something like that, uh, okay. that are really the focal point of the entire team. They're yeah. really running a lot through Duarte. They're having him set up a lot of sets. They... They had him basically hold on to the ball way too long at an end-of-game situation in which they had a chance to, to win the game. It kind of fell apart on him a little bit. Uh, I thought there was, should have been a foul. He got pushed down to a knee. It all kind of fell apart. But I I really like seeing this type of situation for him because he's being asked to do a lot. He's making a lot of mistakes, and he's doing a lot of things well. And it seems to be that he's learning from the mistakes. They're having him guard dominant players. They're having him guard yes. NBA players. I mean, Emmanuel Quigley was the starting point guard for the Knicks last year for most of the season, and they really stuck him on him for a majority of that game. You think he starts over Rose and Kemba? No. 
I mean, he like he will start games because yeah. there's no way those guys stay healthy. Because Thibodeau will run those other guys into the ground. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, get I out think, there. I think keep Emmanuel, playing defense. <laughs> I think Emmanuel quickly is a an NBA player for the next 15 years, and whether or yeah. not he's a starter, that's valid. Role guy. That's valid. So when it's they teams show their hand in summer league by the roles that some of these guys play. So the fact that you're saying he's doing so many different things, they're trying to find out what he's, what he's good at, mm-hmm. what he's bad at. What do we need to work on with the skills guy? What can we ask him to do an NBA game? Can he be an eight minute guy? Can he be a 15 minute guy? Is he going to be able to play for us at all this year? Does he need a year in the G league? So that's, it's good that they're trying a little bit of everything with him. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to kind of accelerate some of his, uh, some of his growth a little bit right now by giving him the mother of all workloads. We might see his minutes, mother you know, of God. kind of not really peak in the start of the year and build as it goes on is my prediction. Well, and how healthy that team stays and what kind of trades they make also. They could also be trying to be playing him all over the place and trying to build up some trade value so he could maybe get traded to the Blazers in a C.J. McCollum, DeMontis, Sabonis trade package. Yeah, I could also see the, the Pacers just blowing it up. And becoming a tank team, but it's that's or Miles Turner. For Miles day. Turner for CJ would make a lot of sense too. Okay, we're getting distracted. Who is number two on your list? Fast PP. Oh, Mr. he's number two. Yeah, number we're gonna have a surprise two. at number one. Um, Do you hear the Gardner Minshew thing? That he's not. He's number two. Doesn't exist for him right now in his battle for Trevor Lawrence. So he's not taking shits at all. What? <laughs> this he, is a real Gard- thing. Yeah, Gardner Minshew and he and Trevor Lawrence are battling it out for the the Jaguars starting quarterback uh-huh. job. And Gardner Minshew has some quote. I think it might have even been on the Chris Long podcast where he's saying, "Yeah, number two is not an option for me. I'm not even taking any shits right now." That's like super unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's, it's obviously yeah, hyperbolic, yeah, it's but pretty it's, obviously a joke, it's very but... on brand for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, also, it, yeah, he really fucking. Trailer Park's number one guy. I love it, man. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. If you haven't watched it, jump on. I think it's still on Netflix. All right, Shane, hit us. Number two, Fast uh, PP. Peyton Pritchard, 22 points a game, which is coming out for 10th in uh, Summer League. 46% from the field, 55 from three, eight and a half assists, which leads Summer League. Uh, six and a half rebounds, one and a half steals, and another player who hasn't missed a free throw. Uh, this is a very like a similar situation to Chris Duarte, but in year two, where they've like they're really handing him the keys and really seeing what his growth potential can be for that team. I just can't believe how wrong I was. Wrong, I'm just wrong, really wrong, in shock. Wrong, I mean, he and Neesmith are actually wrong, both wrong, balling wrong, out of control wrong. right now for the Celtics. And I'm just, you're wrong. I was wrong. wrong. You know, I'm you're just, I'm very, I'm very impressed with what he's been able to do. He's shooting it at a level that I thought he would shoot it at, yeah. but he's definitely taken uh, the defense, the leadership, the passing, the, he just has, He's got that chip on his shoulder. You He's know got what that I mean? give a shit. Yeah, and especially that's actually true. His give a shit meter is very, very high. You, you really see it in these summer league games yeah. because there's like there's a lot of varying like positions within the league and like attitudes and mm-hmm. stuff. Some people feel like they don't really need to work hard there. Some people think that this is their last shot. Some people getting into a summer league game is the pinnacle of their careers. Can you imagine? I was thinking about that the other day. Like, be able to, like, set it a story for, like, 20, 30 years from now. Like, yeah, I played in an NBA summer league one day back in the day. Yeah. That would be awesome. Like, yeah, they ran the, an inbounds for, for me, and I got a yak. Like, that's crazy. Like, these are still some of the absolute best athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. So, that yeah, it's, that's just it. Yeah, okay. Anyway, grounding moment. But that, that's that kind. Of, that's the thing about, like, the basketball tournament in Summer League that I kind of like watching is you do yeah. find, like, those that deep-down scrap and those people that are on, like, their last legs 
professionally as an athlete. Well, that was some of the stuff when I was watching some of that Kalel Ware tape too, where it's just like, this is not good basketball. Mm -hmm. Like it's high level athleticism, but this is not good basketball. Mm -hmm. Like overall. Okay. Who's number one? Is it my guy? It is Eugene. Yeah. From Eugene. It's my guy. Mr. Eugene Amari. I, I, I couldn't believe it, honestly. He's like, balling. Yeah, he starts. Uh, 27, basically 28 minutes a game, 16 points a game, 33rd in the league, 58% from the field, only 14 from three. But, I mean, he's an above-average shooter for what he does, but I think that's something that can be left in the past for his basketball career. Uh, 68% from the charity stripe, seven rebounds, one assist, half a steal, half a block. I mean, those aren't the best stats out of anybody that I just read from that page. But for where he is and what he's doing now, that is the biggest level up out of anybody on the list by a long shot. He's really putting himself in a position to make that roster. Yeah. And that is that had to be the goal coming in. Obviously, another guy that has a huge chip on his shoulder, a guy that... Um, you know how Draymond has, you know, every single person that's been picked ahead of him. You know, I bet Eugene has that entire draft like memorized, <laughs> yeah, in and order. like all the guys that got signed for like more money than he did, even like after like as you know like preferred guys to come in. So, I you know I'm more than ecstatic for this guy. So it, it's just great to hear that he's playing so well. Mm-hmm. And again, I got to catch a little bit of uh, a Mavericks game last week, and it. He looks like he belongs. I think that was the thing that, like, I guess we were just talking about it. Like, the guys who were, like, looking like it's their last leg and they mm-hmm. got to do everything in the world. That's kind of where LJ Figueroa is. But Eugene Murray is like, all right, I'm here to work on some things. And if I could get this shot down, this shot down, and this shot down, like, I'm here. Like, I can play in this league. Well, and if you really want to think long term, what that Mavericks roster could really use is a, um, like, a PJ Tucker 2.0 type player. And Eugene Omarui could absolutely be that, be the guy that can do all the dirty work inside that allows crit stops to really flourish on the outside and can still shoot it enough to, to, to bring guys out and be respectable, can guard, you know, two or three different positions and can really be a guy that just goes out there and cares more than anybody mm-hmm. else. That's a, that's a valuable position in the NBA. Yeah. He's I like, I mean, I'm going to kind of go back to what I said about him, maybe not shooting the ball as much, but like late in the shot clock, open three situational shooter. I think he a believes pick and in pop, his shot a rotation enough. corner three. I mean, there, he can get two to three a game, you know, mm-hmm. to keep teams, res, you know, to respect his shot and to be an offensive threat, which is more than what PJ Tucker was doing for the bucks. So again, you can be that guy as long as you play really, really hard and you're willing to do all the other dirty stuff on the other side of the ball, which he is. Mm-hmm. And I think if he lands himself on a G League roster this year, he could really do a lot of uh, Chris Boucher type things. That like, would be really fun to watch, yeah, especially if him and LJ are on that same Mavericks you know, G League team. That would be fun to watch yeah. those guys play again. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's always hard, too, because these summer league rosters are so inconsistent with where these guys line up like this jordan bell thing i don't even really understand like he's still like (laughs) on contract with the warriors like his wikipedia and everything says he plays for the warriors i don't know if because we're maybe he's just trying to get in shape and he just he wanted a spot so he wanted he went to the hawks and said hey because i mean look what the blazers are doing right now with i mean i'm amazed we made it this far without saying the b word but, yeah, I mean, look at their summer league roster. Are you kidding it's me right so now? It's so weird that Kenneth it's, Reed and Michael Beasley. <laughs> no, there's, like, multiple NBA podcasts that I listened to mentioned and, like, mocked the Blazers for what they're doing right now. Neil O'Shea needs to be fired. And until then, we're trying not to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw my Twitter bio, but I am now a Clippers fan. Oh, God. I don't think I could do that, but I respect it. I respect it. The other team that I'm like really into rooting for this year also have like, I'm waiting to put them some wagers on them for Mm -hmm. a little bit closer to the season, the Orlando Magic. 
I like the Magic. The Raptors are still my side team. I still have to, I have to stand by my Toronto fandom there. I like what they're doing with Van Vliet. I like what they're doing. Um, I'm still kind of – I would have really liked to see Jalen Suggs there in Toronto. I'm not sure why they, they went the other direction Scotty there. Barnes is legit, but I I, I think Barnes is going to be good, but Suggs is – I. <sighs> I think Suggs is a 10-year NBA guy, slam dunk, no question about it. Yeah, Jalen Scotty Barnes has, like, Jonathan Isaac potential to me. Right. And uh, Suggs out for the rest of the summer league. Yeah, we're sprained. sprained. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's not what you Get want to Get it out hear. of the way now, though, you know? This is true. This is true. Okay, anything else for NBA summer league? Oh, uh, The only other note I have is the Oklahoma City Thunder have a player named Charlie Brown Jr. That's amazing. And if you want some really great YouTube content, look up Sangoon Talks to Ball. Sangoon Talks to Ball. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. Moving on. <laughs> Quack or not to quack, Shane. And we promised the people football content, so let's give it to them. Yeah, here we go. Um, just kicking things off. The Pac-12 teams face forfeit if unable to play due to COVID. Good. Huskies, right now, do you hear that? <laughs> no excuses. No excuses. You have to actually play people outside of Seattle this year. You are not allowed to just go into your little doghouse and hide. <laughs> Quack. I, yeah, I think it's the right. <laughs> I think it's the right move. Uh, I mean, every, I think every other conference is going to have the same rule, basically. I mean, you look at the the precedent that the NFL is setting. College football is going to follow that model because they can see it be successful, and it's definitely got it got vaccination rates up to almost ninety percent in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think, which I mean, again. Let's stop calling it a vaccination. Let's start calling it a treatment. But that's a whole other conversation. But at least it's something that prevents the disease from being as transmissible and as severe. So it's right. you're still mitigating a lot of those really, really gnarly symptoms. And it's like super spreader ability. So let's let's get all these kids vaccinated or treated and let's get them out on the field and let's create a safe environment for some actual college football to have some fun. Mm hmm. Gambling is going to be crazy, though. I can't believe people are actually going to do that this season. <laughs> it's going to be really, really crazy. And I don't know if you saw like the preseason lines the other night, but it was just like every team was favored by one. It's just like the bookies just like, I said, fuck it. <laughs> At a certain point, it's going to be kind of a crapshoot. So, yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interessante, that's for sure. All right, moving on. Marcus Mariota almost committed to the University of Washington. So I I didn't click on so we'll say quack because this is this is a fun story but I didn't click on it so tell me more tell me more about the actual story so this was uh, on the Rob Mosley podcast uh, University of Washington offered Marcus Mariota the week before trip to Eugene um, which Mariota says he was leaning towards that decision uh, ultimately he chose Oregon after competing with Johnny Manziel at the University of Oregon, which famously Johnny Manziel turned around, decommitted, and went to Texas A&M. It's my favorite duck picture that I have ever saved in my phone is Johnny Manziel in that Oregon polo with that blonde girl draped all over him. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's so good. It's so good. And it makes me really want to see this workout. You know what I mean? Like, the workout that made Johnny Manziel leave and Marcus Mariota stay. Because, like, now knowing this information, like, we can, you know, it is a fact that, this, like the lost that, that is what was going to happen. The lost like, tapes. These two career trajectories <laughs> are headed on this opposite way, and this one workout changed yeah. everything. How amazing would it have been if Manziel would have gone to Washington? Ooh, 
and we would have gotten that rivalry. That would that would have been like if someone was writing the movie, that's what would have happened. But instead, right. his oil <laughs> money went to Texas A and M. So uh, that that's uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite stories. Is that he literally just ran because he saw how good Marcus was, uh, who was a three star, and Manziel yeah. was a five. Well, two star, I think, and then well, when he signed yeah, with Oregon, got teeters, bumped up to yeah. a three star. Right? Yeah, it's all that. Well, yeah. I mean, even just looking up those. Uh, like uh, where, where and, and yeah, these guys. it's it's all fucking it's all over the place. Yeah, it's yeah. such a crapshoot. Um, Look, I created my own rankings and I'm a five star. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're moving on here. Um, Oregon football 2022 class moves up one spot nationally ranking uh, with a new commit. We've covered a lot of recruiting news already, so I'll say not to quack, but always good to see them moving up. And all it's again national brand, national brand, mm-hmm. baby. It's a cornerback, Jaleel Florence. Uh, okay. Oh, that's why. Okay, I did see that news that that was the cornerback that committed. Yeah, mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a big time kid. They are now tenth over or eleventh. See now you're you're making it a quack. You're not following the rules. Just real quick, we're right in between Texas A&M and Texas now. So next we got Cam McCormick. Returns to the practice field. Quack. Because you got you to root for Cam. Kill a Cam. Yeah. Out there, buddy. I really didn't think it was going to happen. I hope he does it, man. I hope he does it. What is he in his like, eighth year? I don't know. Van Wilder? Can works, we start calling dude. him? Wait. Cam. You got time to workshop that. Van, that's going to be a oh, tough one to yeah. slam. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he was interviewed today, and I didn't get a chance to actually hear the audio. But from what it sounds like, there was something with his ankle surgery that there was a mechanical issue. Because <laughs> he's half a robot yeah, by now. Jeez. Screws falling out. And like especially those stories, like the Alex Smith the thing and everything, where you, these, these surgeries go wrong. It makes you really... It puts it in perspective what these guys are willing to put themselves through when we like these potential ramifications. People all the time want to talk about like, oh, they have the best medical facilities, whatever. You're still going under the knife. Nobody likes that shit. Bro, you should have seen me when I said my dog had to have surgery. I freaked the fuck out because no, no, anesthesia is a crazy, crazy Mm -hmm. thing. And you never know how that stuff can work out. You're dealing with all, you're, you're shutting the body down and then restarting it again you know mm-hmm. it's like you're like you're not taking out a cartridge and blowing on it and put it back in the machine this is an intense intense thing so I mean, yeah Kanye West lost his mom in a very simple plastic surgery I was talking with somebody the other day who ate so much CBD before an open heart surgery that the CBD was blocking some of the sensors in which the anesthesia would take effect so they had to delay the surgery because he was talking while they put him out. Like, he doesn't remember it, but he was like, blah, 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 like rambling on. You can't put me out. <laughs> yeah. Who do you so, think I mean, you are? This is taking a really weird turn. Yeah, but- <laughs> great podcast. Uh, it was a great podcast. But yeah, Cam McCormick. <laughs> yeah, good awesome. for you, Cam. Get it, Cam. All right, moving on. Um, Oregon reports five NCAA secondary violations. Give it to me. Quack. All right. I got the whole list here. I know you do. We got one for men's basketball, which was uh, any, a player evaluation at a non-scholastic event. Yeah, that happens every mm-hmm. day. <laughs> uh, this one was funny. Women's basketball, Kelly Graves responded to a tweet from a high school coach. How dare you, Coach Graves, talk to high school coaches. How dare that's you? That's crazy. You can't respond to a tweet from a high school coach. So that's why he never replied, Shane. Now I know. Yeah, now I know why he never talked to me. I don't feel as bad now. Uh, college football had a waiver issue with a player um, practicing before their waiver cleared. 
And then here's where like the, the bigger ones come now from. We, now we get into some hair. Uh, the last two, track and field. Uh, illegal emails with a recruit and giving out a Nike gift card with an undisclosed amount of money on it. Again, things that happen every single day, but the fact that it's getting out never is good because it shows that someone either had a reason to expose this information and was uh, was angry or disgruntled with the University of Oregon, or they were already sniffing around for maybe larger infractions that could be coming down the pipeline. You want to know something funny, though? Yes, hit me. Five infractions is the same number that they've had last season and the year before. Interesting. So it's almost like a company growing, you know, by the same amount every single year. And usually when you have growth that is that scheduled, there's other things involved that allow uh-huh. it to be such a bout. Anyway, um, let's move on here before we get into even more trouble, Shane. What do you have for me uh, next? Next one. This is our last one. Okay, do with last that information one. what you will. Uh, new football roster shows weight, gain and losses with players quack because i think uh kt looks like a monster like i try to stay away for a lot of that verbiage with the players because it's like i don't want to dehumanize them in Mm -hmm. any way like freak show and all that but this man looks like he his bicep is as big as my head same with justin Flo. i mean we knew he looked big last year He's even gotten bigger. Well, and he came out. I saw just a really interesting article talking about where the injury really humbled him, and he really like found solace in the gym. And so, but yeah, when that guy when he just wants to go to Iron Paradise to feel better about things, like whew, look out, Pac-12. Can you imagine what that weight room sounds like when those guys are in there? I Jesus don't want Christ. to. I don't want to. Uh, some notable Aaron felt running around like a crazy man <laughs> screaming at people. Some notable weight gains here. Uh, C.J. Verdell gained one pound. To his one pound career high 2011 or 211 pounds get though. it cj 211 you seen how tall he is he's five seven dude he weighs fucking 211 pounds yeah that's a bowling ball that's, that's insane well, that's why i i had really high hopes for him going into the nfl next mm-hmm. year and last year so hopefully he can stay you know injury free this year uh linebacker trevin may is up 17 pounds he is now clocking in at 267 which from his freshman year two years ago, he came in at 235. That's Feld. That's the Feld effect. Absolutely. And all the, and, and his staff, you know, the nutrition staff, all those guys that are guys and girls that are, you know, fueling these athletes up with the exact plans that they need to. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why so many guys get so excited about coming to Oregon is it's not just the stuff that's going on on the field. It's everything going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Dollar's down 24 pounds. I feel like that has to be injury related. Uh, a little worrisome though. Yeah, 24 is kind of a lot. A lot. Uh, Jalen Red down 17 pounds. That also seems worrisome because he's well, unless he's trying, unless he put on too much muscle, and I was trying to go back to what he yeah, was when he well, came in. I remember I did that interview with him like two years ago, and it was like the scariest. He was just such a <laughs> small but physically imposing person that I feel like 17 has him looking more like a like a normal person. Uh, Travis Dye is down 10 pounds to a career low 190. Interesting. So same thing. I wonder if he's trying to increase speed. Yeah, maybe. This is the scariest one of all. Uh-oh. Bum, bum, bum. DJ Johnson, the tight end. Oh, no. Is up 15 pounds. Oh, my word. He's going He's going to hurt someone, he's Shane. 287. Can we please just let him play every possession? <laughs> Can we turn him into a tackle? I, I had to and read like make it him like eligible five times to make sure. I was like, there's no way he can. I was like, it has to be like 1.5 or I'm reading this wrong. I somewhere. mean, there's a reason he calls himself the predator. 
Yeah, it's he's, crazy. Yeah, jeez. Oh, yeah, so and he loves my favorite thing is that he's he's not one of those tight ends that's out there like putting out his highlight reel for catches and like he's putting out his highlight reel of just destroying people, <laughs> pancaking them, and watching their lives flash before them. It's beautiful. But he also had like four touchdown receptions last year, so oh, it's like, he can really catch. I hope they just let him start. Spencer Webb, go away. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Sorry, bruh. Now, DJ Johnson has potential to be my favorite college football player ever. Yes, I know. Like, if this goes the way I think it could go with a full season. If he can stay healthy and Ty Thompson can get him the ball, whew, yeah. it's going to be good stuff. On that little spider Y banana Z play or whatever the hell it's called, like you just fucking get him underneath, dude, and let him. And then those like pulling like offset situations. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's him, beautiful. His big 287-pound ass in front of C.J. Verdell's 211 little tiny ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's going to be good line, stuff. Dude, it's going to be cool shit this, this year. is going to be a fun team. And yeah. like I said, we have a lot more football content coming because football is coming. Quack, quack. I got you to respond. Okay, I like it. Uh, we have lots more content. So if you want to hear something specific, if you have some questions for us, if there's a position you really want to see us break down, please let us know. Jump in our DMs over there on the Instagram. That's probably one of the better places. And Twitter, those are probably the two places that we're the most active. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do do some <laughs> do do. We do some things on the Facebook page also. Or you can just email us theflockpod at gmail Calm. Please don't hesitate to reach out and let us know what you want because we want to give the people what they want. We are disciples of the great Jalen and Jacoby. Those are the podfathers to us. To us. As Bill Simmons is the podfather to them. Shane, anything else? Can we wrap this baby up? Yeah. Uh, go follow West Coast CFB's Instagram page, which yes. is brand new. Yes, go follow um, that. Go blow it up. Cool shit of like the stadiums with backdrops. I didn't know that Utah Stadium is so beautiful. Well, and one of those things for those business pages is they have to reach a certain amount before they unlock some stuff. It's Mm -hmm. like a video game. You have to get to certain levels. So go follow them. Go follow our Instagram if you're not already following it. We are going to try to be more active on there as well. Uh, Try to get into the real game. Shane, I'm gonna try to get into some reels. Have you have you ventured Ooh. into the reels game? Of I wasn't Instagram? sure what you meant by that. You said the real game. I was yeah, like, oh, say more. When people get real, <laughs> the real world. Yeah. Uh, gonna try to do some no. reels. No, I don't really. I, I, I I've like just gotten stories down. So I'm, I I'm may or I may or may not have been searching for Oregon Duck French Bulldog jerseys for some possible uh, future. <laughs> flock pod content with our producers so uh we're out there trying to steal the internet ladies and gentlemen <laughs> look out for that uh until next time true believers uh, i think that's all we got thank you we love you we out peace i gave my love a cherry that had no stone i gave my a chicken that had no bones I give Sorry